A Murderous Relation is a wildly flirtatious historical mystery novel. Set in 1880s London using Jack the Ripper as a backdrop, the book combines murder and abduction with a significant amount of sexual tension. A woman and her companion must work to protect the royal crown from revolution and anarchism. This is Deanna Rayburn's A Murderous Relation, a Veronica Speedwell mystery. Welcome to the I Willie Love Books podcast. I'm Willie, and I'm excited to bring you Deanna Rayburn's A Murderous Relation, a Veronica Speedwell mystery. In this podcast, we'll go over the author, the book, the things I like and dislike, and much, much more. Let's get right into it. We'll start with the author. Deanna Rayburn is an author of historical fiction. As a sixth-generation Texan, she graduated with a double major in English and History from the University of Texas at San Antonio. Married to her college sweetheart and the mother of one, Rayburn makes her home now in Virginia. She has two mystery series, The Veronica Speedwell Mysteries and Lady Julia Gray Mysteries. The Lady Julia Gray series predated and gave way to the Veronica Speedwell series, though both are set in Victorian England. She's also written seven standalone novels. Rayburn also has a chapter in a nonfiction book on women who write romance novels and has a contribution to a Mystery Writers of America cookbook. Rayburn's novels have been nominated for numerous awards, including the Edgar, 2RT Reviewer's Choice Awards, the Agath, two Dialus Wins, and a Last Laugh Award. One of her more recent novels, Killers of a Certain Age, won the 2022 Barry Award for Best Thriller and was listed number nine on the New York Times bestseller list. Now let's dive into this book a little bit. So this book got chosen through my bookshelf genre. I basically let fate decide what I should read. I numbered my bookshelves and had a website pick a random number. Then I numbered the shelves on the bookshelf and had another random number selected. Finally, I numbered the books on that shelf and boom! This is the one I got. I was so very, very unexcited to read this book. This is one of Brienne's books that she bought somewhere and would be something that I would never choose to pull off the shelf. I did not want to read this one very much, and I did a lot of grumbling. That being said, I read it anyway. So a little bit of an overview of the book. Did I like it? So this genre is not my favorite. Novels are not my favorite in general but I especially have a very hard time with mystery and romance. That being said, it wasn't so bad. I was able to read it quickly, and it wasn't an absolute drag to read. However, the book feels very unrealistic. It has a quite predictable plot with common tropes, and was, to me at least, unnecessarily sexual. It also is a part of a non-chronological series similar to like the Hardy Boys that I read as a child. It's designed to be able to be read as a standalone book, but is also part of a series. Unfortunately, there is a lot of background information and storylines that just aren't elaborated on. They don't contribute to the overall story, but it's hard to understand exactly who Stoker and Veronica, which are the protagonists, are. For instance, Stoker only has one eye. Why? 
No idea. It happened in a previous book. I couldn't tell if it was part of a costume or if it had actually happened when it got brought up in the book. Alright, let's talk about favorite characters. It's really hard not to like the main character, Veronica Speedwell. She's flirty, smart, courageous, and quick on her feet. However, I'm going to go with this character, Elsie. Elsie is a poor character, often offering up herself to make ends meet, living in the dangerous poor district of London, where Jack the Ripper is running rampant. Veronica's partner, Stoker, has a unique relationship with this woman, not sexual, more paternal in nature. I love her because she is a character who has very little, but gives joyfully and with passion. She's a kind, caring character that is just good at her core. So while she's not a major part of this book and really takes up less than a chapter, this is probably my favorite person in this entire book. On the other side of the coin is probably Prince Eddie, or as he is known in real life, Prince Albert Victor, Duke of Clarence and Avondale. I, I believe that Miss Rayburn did a good job of researching for the book, and it's entirely possible that she got the, the essence of Eddie correct. However, he's portrayed as a simpleton. He's almost a child in this book. It just became an unlikable character in general. So if I had to trade places with one of these characters, who would it be? There are not many characters that I envy or want to be. Stoker does seem a little bit like a badass, but he's seen by his well-connected family as a bit of a disappointment, and he kind of takes a beating throughout this book. Prince Eddie, again, is portrayed as a simple child, even though he is a prince and possibly future king of England. The detective Mornaday, while he receives a promotion, is in love with a woman that may or may not play for the same team as him, and even if she did, is way too focused on her career. So it's pretty hard to identify anyone I'd, you know, want to be. So did the book feel real? I think that's a that's an important question to ask yourself when you're reading a novel. And to me, this book feels absolutely unreal. The two main characters, Veronica and Stoker, are a lepidopterist, something I had to Google, and a taxidermist. For those of you who are like me and had no idea what lepidoptery is, it's the collection of butterflies. <laughs> so our protagonists are butterfly chasers and animal stuffers. Meanwhile, they somehow are royally and lordly connected, only one of which is legitimate. Veronica holds a secret as being the bastard child of a woman who committed suicide and the future king of England, so that seems real realistic. But despite these incredibly humble occupations, they both find themselves in the midst of intrigue. They solve crimes and murders while also traveling the world. They've also apparently been abducted multiple times, including in this book. That just feels wildly unrealistic to me. I don't buy into the whole amateur sleuth plotline either. Quote-unquote normal people don't solve murders or burglaries, and they don't escape numerous kidnappings. The characters also don't feel real. They're not nobility, but have ties to nobility and royalty, but they aren't commoners and have well-connected patrons. I just don't buy it. Once again, I must state... I'm not the intended audience. So while I sound probably a little critical, I must reiterate, people that are a fan of this genre will probably love it. Alright, so let's talk about individual parts of this book. Let's start with my least favorite part. The climax of the book is where Veronica and Stoker are confronting their antagonist. It won't go into great detail as I don't want to spoil everything and hope you will indeed read it, 
but it was quite predictable and not all that shocking. And I guessed what would happen throughout the entire sequence, including up to three or four pages before it actually happened. Another thing I didn't like is they eat some crazy things. Now, maybe this is just a British thing, but they eat eel pie, eggs and mushrooms, and with deviled kidneys. Just, that's disgusting. Now, my favorite part was the sequence of events where Veronica and Stoker must infiltrate an exclusive, anonymous lifestyle club that's full of debauchery. This was by far the most intriguing, intense part of the book that had a lot of twists that I actually didn't guess. There was this one great moment when they're in that club in which Veronica and Stoker are dancing. It's in this moment Veronica realized that he, quote, pierced her solitude, and she knew that he was a part of who she was. That was the moment she knew she loved him. It was a pretty cool moment, and that actually became intertwined in the rest of the plot. There's another particularly intense moment when Veronica is in the mist in the dark, poor district of London just after leaving Elsie's care, and she is standing underneath a street lamp. There's this man that approaches her with what she calls a predatory presence. It's in this moment she felt what the poor women that must sell themselves to survive felt. It was in this moment that she understood that she could relate to the victims of Jack the Ripper. Later, you find out that one of the girls that helped them escape, someone that was a close friend of Elsie, was a victim of Jack. When Veronica learns this, she thinks about that particular encounter and understands that it could have easily just been her. To this point, a special shout out for the way Miss Rayburn ties in Jack the Ripper without making the book about Jack the Ripper. I believe she probably captures the stress that London felt over the murderer while tying the plotline to it without making it all about Jack. She did a great job here. So what will stick with me the most? Ms. Rayburn delivers a touchable eulogy on the victims of Jack the Ripper and points out the tragic inequality during this time period. She humanizes the quote-unquote sex workers that were murdered by Jack. She also makes it clear that, quote, Women at the poorest levels of society often engaged in periodic sex work in order to make up the price of a bed or meal without identifying themselves as prostitutes by trade, end quote. Society forced them into this. Their names are Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. This made the entire book worth it. I'll also highlight the book she recommends to learn more which is Hallie Rubenhold's The Five. All right, most quotable moments. Things you never imagined possible in the light become more desirable in the dark. Madame Aurore. The man who does not fear power is a man who ought not to have it. It is a great deal of responsibility, too much for one person in my opinion. But it is the system we have and it is for you to make of the role what you will. Veronica. All right, in every book there are these. Honey, can I read this to you moments? I call these the ones where you have to stop and you just have to share that particular passage with your significant other, your loved one. There weren't a ton of Hey Honey moments throughout the book. I usually have a ton of them with nonfiction books, but unfortunately she actually cares a lot less than I do about those. There's really only one that I identified. It came when Veronica and Stoker are in that club. So her and Stoker just had their dance. She leaves and she goes off to do some investigation. 
and at one point she stops and she says, quote, There was no sign of Stoker, for which I was both grateful and annoyed. Grateful, as I did not particularly wish to face him until I had recovered my composure after both the hectic dance and the unsettling notion that someone had penetrated my disguise. And I was annoyed that he was not at hand when I needed him. The fact that I had sent him away with some vehemence was entirely immaterial. He ought to have known to stay in the general vicinity. End quote. <sighs> I asked Brianne if this is really how women think. The answer is yes, which is a little bit mind-boggling to me. All right, let's talk about how my perception changed. And unfortunately, the book did not change my opinion of historic, romance, or mystery novels. It was fine, but it's still just not for me. Another thing I like to document is what did I end up Googling? So the first one was this word, Praxitelean. Praxitelean. It was used to describe her in one of her costumes that she uses to go into this club. Praxitelaeus of Athens was the son of Cephisodotus. I just butchered that name, but basically he's somebody from the Greek world. The other one was Continental Mind. Now, if you're British, you probably know exactly what this means. It means that you think like the Continental Europeans. Had no idea. Another one was Moustaches. So apparently, in the United States, a mustache is different than Moustaches in England. Moustaches in England are a beard. Mustache in America is just a mustache. It's very odd. Who or what drives you mad? There are some things in some books that, that just drive you crazy. So what is it in this book? Veronica is just a bit too much for me. She's apparently wildly alluring. There are multiple people throughout the book that wish they could be with her. She makes it clear that she has a promiscuous past. She's wildly independent, and both her and Stoker repeatedly mention that she can protect and handle herself. Then, she says that in a previous adventure, she encounters a Corsican bandit that ends up giving up his life of crime and takes to the cloth. That's just, that's crazy. She's just a little bit too much for me, and there's no way that this is a real person. There are also far too many common tropes that are just a little too predictable for me. There's the whole villain reveals the master plan before the captives escape trope, so that one happens. And then they also walk into this very clear, very obvious trap that I was screaming, hey, it's a trap, it's a trap. And it was. All right, let's talk about some biggest surprises. The first surprise came in the club. The club is supposed to be an anonymous one with everyone wearing masks and costumes. However, as Veronica is leaving the dance floor after admitting her love for Stoker to herself, someone recognizes her and calls her by name. That one was surprising. Another twist came when Veronica runs into Prince Eddie just as a woman at the club. He didn't know who Veronica was or that she was his half-sister, and it was, an odd, it was a bit of an odd twist, but it made sense later. Another twist came when one of the inspectors that we meet earlier is one of the masterminds behind Veronica's kidnapping. While the whole plot involved home rule and overthrowing the monarchy with a flash of Jack the Ripper, it was entirely too convoluted, but this part was at least a decent twist. 
There's also this pretty good cliffhanger where Stoker falls off a beam from the roof. It didn't last long, though. Stoker hangs on. He's fine. It was intense for a hot second, but he was fine. Then the final twist comes when they discover that Detective Mornaday, their savior, was in disguise in the club and was the culprit of a very weird, very awkward encounter. Okay, so would this book make a good movie or a TV show? So I do not think that this book would make for a good movie. It's It would be very, very slow. Same thing if this one book was turned into an entire TV series. However, I could see that this could end up being one episode in a longer series, something like the Netflix series Longmire or any number of those mystery TV shows or whatnot. All right, who won the book? Who came out looking the best from this book? It's it's definitely not Stoker, uh, even though he and Veronica finally get together after apparently talking about it and dreaming about being with each other for a very long time. He takes a beating and gets shot. There's there's a good chance that he has some some nasty scars from this. Oof. So the winner is probably just Veronica. It feels boring to say that but she falls in love uh she escapes being kidnapped she keeps her identity a secret and she gets to continue chasing butterflies other people have downfalls morning day is in love with someone that doesn't love him back um i mentioned stoker gets shot uh there's there's just not a lot of other people that make it out on top like she does would i read another book by this author or would i read another book in this topic not by choice uh, I, I probably would not. It's not my book, not my topic, not my genre. That being said, uh, there's a good chance that my next bookshelf book is going to be one of these again. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. My wife has a ton of them. All right, recommendations. So if you're into this genre, you will enjoy it. I guarantee that. Brianne and my mom will really enjoy it. They should read it. This is right down their alley, so... Dive into the series if you're into historical novels, if you're into romance novels or, or mysteries, especially if you're into all three. Those, this is it. Read it. Uh, so even for me, who isn't that into this genre, it didn't. I, I didn't think it was that bad. I had a decent time reading it. It was quick. It's it's good if you're into the genre. It's it's just not my genre. And that's what I've got for you this time. Looking forward to the next. Ooh.